Yes, welcome to our service today. I, I hope you're staying cool at home. I hope you're staying cool as well in some way. You know, if, if you're not, this place is cooler probably than your place. Come on over. We can cool you down or something like that. Those who are here today, too, we have a, speaking of cool, we have a cooler in the back full of water bottles. If you want to grab one during the time and uh, we're, we're together here, you go ahead and do that. Sorry, those who are online, you've got to get your own cool beverage, I guess. But uh, anyway, just want to let you know all about that. But uh, yes, it's good to be back together again. And uh, we, uh, we just want to thank the Lord for just the opportunity to do this. I mean, it's great playing with the band. I'm so thankful for Ron and, and Neil being able to come together behind me. Uh, it's been lonely up there on my <laughs> keyboard for a while, but uh, good to have you guys along with us. And Jake, when he's able to come down and join us on the drums too, that's good as well. But he's a, he's a multitasker guy. He's up there doing the live stream for you all right now to be able to listen to this and, and watch it. So just want to thank uh, the, those guys up there too in the sound booth, making everything run, run smooth for us. They are, they are sweating up there for you guys because it's, it's probably pretty warm up there. But uh, anyway, we've got a fan blowing around the hot air, so hopefully it will work better. Anyway, yes, uh, we've got, uh, got a lot, you know, we really do have a lot of good, good things to be thankful for, even though we might, uh, <laughs> we may have had a week. Um, I'm sure, though, we've got plenty of things to be thankful for. Uh, and as we go to prayer, I want us to, have, uh, want us to be mindful of that that we have plenty to be thankful for, even though maybe the situation right now at this moment, present moment, might not be so thankworthy. Uh, we can at least uh, know that God is in control and we can trust Him through those difficult times. So uh, what I'd like to do is uh, lead us in some prayer. And if you'd like to use the altar, you sure can do that uh, to come and pray. But let's go to the Lord in prayer right now. Heavenly Father, thank you for this uh, day today. And thank you, Lord, for your presence with us. Thank you also, too, Lord, just for uh, your provision in our life, uh, different things that go on in our life that we, we wonder, how are we going to get through this, or uh, how are we going to survive uh, the, uh, this other situation? Lord, you are with us, and that's what matters, and your presence encourages us to continue on because we know that you are in control of everything. The heat that goes on, as, as hot as it's getting this weekend, to, to the to, to the tragedy in Florida. Lord, we pray for those families with the collapsed building that happened and uh, those, those loved ones who are either dead or maybe lost there and they just need to be rescued. Be with those families who are going through a, a tragic time right now. And we lift them up to you, Lord, and pray for your comfort and your peace on, upon them. But Lord, we just ask that you would continue to remind us that you are a God that can be trusted in all different things. And Lord, as we go through maybe a chaotic week, um, maybe a controlled chaos, uh, in a way, Lord, that causes us to be maybe a little frantic, maybe, maybe a little out of breath and, and out of sorts, help us, Lord, to remember that you are the Prince of Peace, and we can come to you, and we can, we can lay all those concerns at the altar, at your feet, and allow you to replace it with your, your peace. So, Lord, I pray peace upon everyone here today and all those who are online. Lord, that you would just remind us that you are a God, again, that can be trusted in all these different things. Lord, we, we pray for those situations that are in our bulletin and ask, Lord, that you'd continue to meet those needs that are there. 
We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity throughout this week to be prayer warriors and to pray diligently for these requests. And Lord, thank you that you're a God that answers prayer and help us, Lord, to remain faithful in praying for one another. Lord, there might be, there might be some uh, requests that are unspoken here today and online as well, and we just ask, Lord, that you would meet those needs according to your will. Be with those people who are just continuing to trust in you for those situations. And Lord, that you would continue to remind us uh, uh, that we just need to keep on going, trust in you, and do what we can, uh, but not take over. You need to take over, Lord. But uh, help us, Lord, to uh, follow you closely and all that. Lord, we ask also, too, that you'd continue to be with us as we look at your word today. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help me be able to communicate your message clearly. Uh, and Lord, that you would also, too, reach our hearts uh, with your words and your message today. Give us, Lord, what we need today to draw closer to you. And I pray that we would put what we hear today into practice and to live it out this week. Thank you, Lord, for this time together. We love you so very much. In your name we pray. Amen. So we continue in our series today, uh, The Fruit of the Spirit. And uh, it might be timely for some of you who maybe have had a week and were wondering, how am I going to get through this? And maybe your week is continuing on. <laughs> um, there is peace. <laughs> there really, there is peace available for every one of us. Uh, have you found that different fruit ripens at different rates and different ways? Um, it's probably an obvious question, but that's why it's so tough to know when fruit is ripe. When fruit is ripe, you can see at the grocery store, you see the bananas, they're green, not ripe yet. Got it, understand. Uh, you look at a pineapple, a little more tough to figure out if it's ripe or not. Watermelon, mm, there's a lot of ways of figuring out if it's ripe or not, but which do you trust? <laughs> I've heard the yellow side, if there's yellow on it, then that's good because it's, it's been uh, picked at the right time. Or you knock on it, if it's hollow, then okay, you, you got a good watermelon. Um, you know, blueberries, uh, generally, they're, they're ripe when they're big, deep, and blue kind of color on them. And all this stuff, we, when we lived in Labish Center, we were surrounded by all these different farmers. And of course, the farmers came to Labish Center and they knew the tricks of the trade. And so they had all these advice about the, the blueberries and, and the corn and, and all these vegetables and fruit and everything else and, and what, to, uh, what to expect and when to pick them. But uh, do we remember that now? No, we really don't. We forgot those things. The one, the one uh, item, though, that's probably pretty elusive for most of you, not so much for me, maybe for my daughter Maddie. Our daughter Maddie loves these. But uh, avocados. Avocados, uh, you know, it's, that's tough to try to figure out if they're ripe or not. And the thing is, is that <laughs> once they're ripe, then all of a sudden they're bad. <laughs> it's just, they, it, it goes so fast. But, uh, you know, fresh avocados, difficult, difficult to figure out. Notoriously short window for being ripe and ready to eat. And if you, uh, again, if you cut it open too soon, the green pulp inside is woody, hard to dig out. But if you wait too long, the inside turns into nasty brown mush and you might as well make some guacamole or some kind of soup or something like that. I don't know, avocado soup. Anyway, 
But since the window for a, a ripe, ready-to-eat avocado is so short, one can hardly say that it is a fruit that is always in season. It's hard to tell. And you might feel that way about the fruit of the Spirit that we're going to talk about today, and that is peace. How is peace always in season? Pastor Jim, you don't know my week <laughs> that I've had. Pastor Jim, you don't know the, the month that I've had. You don't know the year that I've had. And I've been searching for peace for all this time. Oh, I find it every now and then, but it's elusive. It disappears. And I don't have the peace anymore. Well, like all the other fruit of the Spirit that we're going to be looking at this summer, peace is, is really not produced by circumstance, which we kind of look at at times because that kind of guides us and kind of directs us with the circumstances that happen in our life. We don't want to go the difficult way. If we can, we want to go the easy way. And so maybe we try to avoid some hardships, some difficulties, and sometimes they're not easily avoidable. But circumstances kind of direct us a bit because we avoid those things sometimes and we don't head for the hardest stuff. But peace is not produced by those circumstances, but by the constant calming presence of God. That is what produces the peace in our life. Our text this morning makes that clear, even though it never uses the word peace. Psalm 46, we're going to look at that today and see how it helps us figure this thing, this elusive fruit of the Spirit, figure out what this is and, and how to obtain and, and hold on to. Listen to the opening words of Psalm 46, verses 1 through 3. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Now, Psalm 46 doesn't describe some fairy tale sort of world where everything is perfect and nice. I mean, you, you, you don't live in a world like that these days, especially after 2020. We've really understood that we don't live in a fairy tale world. But it, this psalm here describes a world that is not just turning, but it is churning as well. Earthquakes, tsunamis, tornadoes, hurricanes, famine, collapsing buildings, excessive heat, all these things that come upon us show us that this, these, these disasters continually shake our planet and tells us that this world is a little bit unstable in that way. Try to find peace within this world, we're going to have some trouble. If you look at the news headlines of today, you could be overwhelmed by the churning of our world. So where is God when those things are happening? Where is God when, when I'm going through those difficulties and those troubles? Where is God when that world that is churning feels like it's just collapsing on me? Well, according to Psalm 46, God is right there. God is there. He's an ever-present help in trouble. Your God is not a God who is far off. He is a God who is very present. You look at verses 4 and 5 in Psalm 46. It says, the psalmist, and the psalmist went on, he said, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. 
God will help her at break of day. You know, many great cities have, uh, have rivers flowing through them, sustaining people's lives by making agriculture possible and facilitating trade with other cities. Portland's like that, with the Willamette River coming through, connected to Columbia. Excellent opportunities there. Uh, you can think of other cities as well, probably, too, uh, where rivers have flown, uh, flow through it, and, uh, and it, it helps that area quite a bit. But Jerusalem had no river, <laughs> but it had God, who, like a river, sustained the people's lives. And as long as God lived among the people, the city was invincible. But when the people abandoned him, when people abandoned God, God no longer protected them, and Jerusalem fell to the Babylonian army. I think these days we are precariously close to that, <laughs> as our country is looking at ourselves rather than God for advice and direction. And I believe one of these days we are going to be paying for that. That's why we need to be prepared. We need to be ready. We need to realize that the peace is not going to come from outside external world things. Our peace is coming from God. And if we don't cling to God now, if we don't trust God now in the things that are going on in our lives, when the world comes apart, when, 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 our, when the end times come, and they're coming, they are on their way, it's, it's happening. But when those end times come to fruition, we need to already have that, that relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And when we don't, then we're really going to wish we had. Because <laughs> we're going to be looking for peace, trying to find it in all different places, in the world, and things, and it's just not going to work. But realize, though, that now, right now, God is in our midst. He will help us at the break of day, as, as the psalmist said. Think of what that means. It means that he is with you through the darkest parts of the night. He is with you then. He is he's also there right from the beginning. Whatever your, however your week started, however awful it was, however tough it was, God didn't leave you. God was with you all along the way, providing for what you need, allowing you to be able to grasp onto him, trust in him, for his provision. God is, like, is not like that co-worker who has a, a knack of showing up for the group project when everything is just about finished. God is there from the beginning to the end. But how do we know that God is really here with us? Because, you know, there's sometimes you're thinking, God forsake me, I'm, I'm, I'm all alone here because look what's going on. Got a little cloud over me all the time, walking around, it's raining. As far as I know, Christians face the same financial challenges that non-Christians do. They get sick, as non-Christians do. I don't think COVID had any kind of particular bias towards Christians or non-Christians. They even die at the same rate, one death per person. <laughs> it happens. How then can we say that God is in our midst? Well, our, our psalmist never said that God would keep away the natural disasters. God didn't say that he would keep everything all perfect and safe for you. 
we can have peace even when we are being strangled to death by all those anxieties and those fears and those concerns. We can have peace. Listen to what the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah chapter 57, verses 1 and 2. You can scribble it down and look it up later. But listen to this, Isaiah 57, the first two verses. The righteous perish and no one takes it to heart. The devout are taken away and no one understands that the righteous are taken away to be spared from evil. Those who walk uprightly enter into peace. They find rest as they lie in death. Now, that passage, in, in, in some sort of way, should kind of bring a little smile to your lips in that. And why, why I say that, it's a living example of what the psalmist meant when he said, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. That Isaiah passage is a stream from that river. It flows into our hearts, bringing us peace by assuring that even in death, God is there and has a purpose. He gives you rest. <laughs> He ushers you out of this world and to bring you to heaven where everything, <laughs> everything is perfectly peaceful all of the time, forever. But that truth is also illustrated in the book of Revelation where the Apostle John records for us a vision of heaven's throne room. He describes seeing God. Now, now most of us would stop at that point, at that, you know, that description right there and go, I've had enough. That's, that's enough for me. God must have looked pretty awesome as John described it. But John was struck by something else, something under God's feet. And if you notice it in uh, Revelation chapter 4, verse 6, John was struck by the fact that there was a sea of glass clear as crystal under his feet. Have you ever been on a lake where there's no wind? Have you ever been seen the water so calm that there wasn't even a ripple going on? Pretty amazing. It's calming. It's peaceful. I remember as a staff person at Tillicum Day Camp, eight miles northwest of Newburgh, being able to take a kayak out on the lake there, Tillicum. Now, in the larger part of it, before the crossing, bridge crossing, way down further in the, in the lake, it was pretty rough, and all the wind would blow a lot. We'd get the sailboat out and have fun with that. But as I maneuvered past what we called the, the I think it's the Beaver's Lodge was the name of the bridge, because it had two little areas there that you can get down there and watch, look at the lake. As you go underneath that little bridge and further down, the lake narrows closer and closer, and as you go further up in. And as I would take the kayak, I could just stop and just sit right there and let the kayak float along and look, this close to the water, right on down and see straight through and see some fish, see other creatures there as well, and be able to also see how calm it was. It was so peaceful in that area, especially when there weren't all kids around, <laughs> running around and making noise. But be able to just to float on that lake was soothing. It was reviving to me. Well, in heaven, not even a ripple of trouble will ever disturb the peace there. Trouble will be gone. That's why I can have peace even when the mountains give way and fall into the heart of the sea. I know that this world, as we know it, will be destroyed. 
Scripture tells us. But also I know there is a better world that awaits me. The new Jerusalem. It's a kind of confidence you can have when you're watching a game you already know the outcome too. <laughs> Neil, Neil wouldn't panic if the Mets went down by four runs today against the Phillies. <laughs> if he already knew that they were going to win the game in the bottom of the ninth inning. Now, I don't, I don't know anything. I know they started at 10 o'clock today. I have no idea what the results here of this game is right now. Although I could check it if you want me to. Okay. But how do you know that you will make it to heaven to enjoy that perfect peace? There's the peace. How will you know that you can, you can enjoy that? I mean, why would God want a, <laughs> a troublemaker and complainer like you and me there? Well, let's go back to Psalm 46 real quick. In a repeating refrain, the psalmist wrote in verse 7, The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Now, if you look at that verse, it's kind of interesting. Have you ever wondered why the psalmist refers to God as the God of Jacob? Because God has been referred to in a lot of different ways. Why not refer to him as the God of Abraham? Or the God of Moses? Or why not at least use Jacob's God-given name, Israel? Why Jacob? Do you know what Jacob means? Supplanter, deceiver, right? Trickster? You know the story. It's a good description of Jacob. He didn't always make God his refuge and strength. Instead, he, he relied on his own cunning to get what he wanted. Like when he took advantage of his brother's hunger and sold him a bowl of soup to gain the birthright. Or later when he dressed up as his brother to trick his father into giving him the blessing. In spite of these weaknesses, God was still Jacob's God. He continued to forgive and sustain him. So I'm glad to hear that the God of, uh, the God of Jacob, the, <laughs> the trickster, is our refuge and strength. For, you know, I too, like Jacob, at times take refuge in my own plans, in my own cunningness. I don't run to God as a refuge at first, but I realize it and I go, oops, okay, I need to do that. And for that, God should treat me like refuse that he tosses from his fortress. Because I don't trust him all the time. I don't go to him first all the time. But God doesn't do that. Because in his son, we have refuge from our sins. Jesus' blood is a strong safeguard against God's anger over sin. We sung about it. The price was paid for our sins, and his forgiveness doesn't just protect. It, it also propels isn't that truth expressed in the fact that God is not just a refuge, but also our strength? Don't just picture yourself cowering behind your God when bad things happen. See yourself stepping out with confidence to face the challenges, like extending, extending the peace of forgiveness to those who have hurt you. And your God has the strength to supply such peace. For the psalmist wrote in, in, in verse 9, He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. 
He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. If God can make wars cease, he certainly can put an end to the turmoil in your life. The wars that continue on bubbling up in your own life, and the situations that go on in your life. If he can make wars cease, he sure can take care of what's going on in your life. We need to remember that. Especially when days or weeks that we've had, like this last week, or maybe even today, we can trust in him. We know that his peace can be ours. So take heart in the closing words of this psalm, Psalm 10. It says, be still, know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. There's no need for us to panic. No matter what is going on around us. You know, God is bigger than any pandemic at all. And he is also exalted above this, this church family here as well. And knows what it needs for the future. Some of you might have some concerns about where we're at as a church. Well, God knows what's going on here, and we are trying to follow him the best we can and, and figure it out as he's already laid down the path. <laughs> we just need to follow it. We can be still before him. We can be at peace, just as Noah's family must have been inside the ark, even though the world's greatest storm was raging on all around them. See, inside the ark, their, their God-given refuge, they were safe inside that ark. They were at peace, even though they didn't know exactly where they would land or what their world would look like after the flood. One thing they could be certain of is that God would be a part of that world, for God would be in their midst, and that same God is still with us today. The storm called COVID, or the storm called 2020, <laughs> Or you just go ahead and name whatever storm it is that's raging in your life right now. Still continues to rage on, but we can have peace in the middle of that storm. It roars in, all, in our life because we have God's presence with us. He is our refuge. He is our safety. And although we don't know what our world will look like after all of this, we can be assured that God will be with us. Once you realize that peace is a fruit that is always in season, then you can be a source of peace for others. You can calm troubled hearts by encouraging them from God's word. You can fix ruined relationships by speaking words of peace and forgiveness. Remember, peace is based on God's declaration that I am with you and I love you. It's no wonder the Apostle Paul once said that peace will guard our hearts from Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. We were just in La Grande uh, this last week, headed down to Baker, between Baker and Powder Valley. Maybe some of you know that area in eastern Oregon. We were there for 1A state basketball tournament stuff. Um, about, a, I think, a month ago, we were in LeGrand for the 1A State track and field events. And as you heard, Maddie, or excuse me, Brianna, <laughs> Brianna got uh, the 800-meter championship there. She 
He's the champion of 1A State. But as I was there, I had the opportunity to be able to take pictures at the, the state track meet, take pictures during the events, going around the different places and, and taking pictures up close of, of all that was going on. You know, like one of those sports photographers able to go all over the place. It was kind of fun. I was able to be in the, in the infield of the track. The guy who was running it said, just be sure you watch out for the discus and the javelin. You'll be fine. <laughs> I will. No problem. But to be up and close with the athletes and be able to take pictures and stuff like that, then I was, I was able to upload all those and share them with all the different schools that were um, there. It was fun. I enjoyed it. But the thing that allowed me to do that was when I first got there, the director of the meet came over and uh, we talked and he said, come with me. And I went over to the little uh, starting uh, building area and he came out with a pass, photographer's pass. He said, you wear this and you should be fine. If, you, if anybody questions why you are in the middle, middle of the field or wherever else, you, you, they'll see your pass and everything will be fine. I said, all right, sounds good to me. So I was able to roam all over the place in that area, get in front of people, uh, you know, not block their way, but you know, get the picture that needed to be taken because I had the pass. Pieces like that photographer's pass, which they gave me, and it, it gave me the confidence to roam where I normally wouldn't get to roam. And if someone, again, were to challenge my presence where normally only athletes and officials roam, I wouldn't panic and just show them the pass. Peace is kind of like that as well, too. Peace is that pass for us. But the question we need to ask is how do we get that peace? Again, peace comes from God. Being in close relationship with Him. Realizing that He is our peace in that way. The question was once asked, if you could choose what you want most in life, what would you ask for? And the most common answer was peace. Peace. People want peace in their marriages. People want peace in their families. Ricky was telling me about some things all going on, praying for peace for her family. People want peace in the workplaces. People want peace in our country, in our world. Our country has some of the best medical and psychological treatment centers, highest educational institutions, and worldwide communication abilities. Yet, with all of these things, most people are yet without true inner peace. The results are devastating. Broken marriages. Split up families. Hatred, rebellion, financial anxiety in a country that is unsettled. Like I said before, the world will offer you peace through many forms of escapism. It will be drugs, or it could be alcohol, immoral relationships, and the constant entertainment that kind of helps us drown out all the pain around us. It is sought through all forms of pleasure, self-satisfaction, positive thinking. Many believe that peace is defined as the absence of trouble, but they refuse to face the problems in their lives, believing that this is finding peace. 
But the world has never held the answer to true peace <laughs> at all. You can choose to have true peace, but true peace doesn't come from man, but it comes from God. And this peace means to be in harmony with God, to be bound or joined and woven together with God the Father. Woven and bound together with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, the, the Trinity, all together. It also means to be assured of, confident, confident of, and secure in the love and care of God. God loves you. God cares for you. We need to be reminded of that, I'm sure, daily. And there is a consciousness and a deep trust God will provide. God will, will, will guide and, and He will strengthen and sustain and encourage and deliver and, and save completely those who seek Him with all their hearts. The supernatural peace must come first and foremost by receiving Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord. There's no other way you're going to find this peace. You can try to find it, like I said, in all the ways the world can offer. But the only way you're going to find it, first and foremost, is by receiving Jesus Christ as your Savior. And second, it comes from a knowledge of and a love for God's Word. When you dive deep into God's Word, that also sustains you and propels you through those difficult times. The Apostle Paul knew this peace. He suffered greatly because of his love for the Lord, love for God's truth, and because of his commitment to the commission given to him by Jesus Christ. Yet in all of this, his heart was kept in perfect peace. He had been imprisoned. Paul had been imprisoned. He'd been stoned almost to death. He was left for dead and scourged by the Romans. And yet he said in Romans 8, verse 28, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And note, the conditions of knowing God's peace. First, you must love God. <laughs> you got to love God. You got to trust in him. You got to know that you got to trust that he knows what he's doing. And secondly, you must be called according to his purpose, which means fitting into his plan and into his perfect will for, for you. So you can be, as Romans 8, 29 says, conformed to the likeness of his son. And that's what we're looking at. Aren't we looking at trying to be more like Christ? Especially during these days when people need a direction, need hope. We need to be more like him. But most reject God's peace because they surrender to their own selfishness and their own lust for the pleasures of this world. But Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. A legacy of inner peace is offered to all who know Jesus Christ, regardless of their circumstances. But it is a relationship with him. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you do not have him as your Savior and Lord, this peace will be difficult to obtain. It will be elusive. It will be there, but you just can't grab onto it. The only way you can grab onto it is be able to have that relationship with Jesus Christ. He's the one. He's the one that we need to go to. If you haven't made that decision at all, 
If you are with us today and maybe that is something you, you haven't considered. You, you've been looking for peace, especially in the last year and a half. All the turmoil that has happened. It just keeps coming one after another, it seems like. Where are you going to find the peace? Where are you going to find the comfort? You can't find it in this world. It will disappoint you all the time. You can't find it in some person. <laughs> he or she will disappoint you all the time. You'll find this peace in that relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you haven't made that choice yet today, I encourage you to take time. You are just a prayer away to receiving that peace. A prayer away of receiving Him as Savior of your life. And to receive Him as Lord of your life too. Allowing Him to call the shots. Allowing Him to, to make the direction for your life. As we, I'm going to have the worship team come on, come on up. We're going to leave these last two songs. As we sing these last two songs, maybe you just want to pray. Maybe you just want to take time to, to as you are prompted by the Holy Spirit, realize your need for God. Realize your need for a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you realize that need, act upon it. Pray. Simple prayer of faith that you believe Jesus Christ died for your sins and you receive Him as your Savior. It's really, <laughs> really simple. But so complex. Because it's an opportunity to be able to not only find that peace here today, but be also, also too to be able to be assured of the peace that comes later on. Perfect peace. The peace that will never change when we all get to heaven. So if you need to pray, take time right now as we sing these songs, uh, especially this, this next one, to be able to place you in that, that, that moment, in that situation where you just need to get before God and pray and ask Him, is it well? Is it going good between us? Is there something I'm missing? And allow the Holy Spirit just to speak to your heart. I trust that you'll be obedient as God prompts you.